Hi, I'm Dev Muir. You're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello everybody and welcome to Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast I'm Lee Gillis, we're here to talk about the recent playoff match against Clyde. Um, we're not going to talk about Forfar because it was a bit of a non-event. I'm joined by the gruesome twosome, or the let's go for the handsome twosome for the change rather than gruesome. Gordon Henderson, how Hello. are you? Uh, not too bad, could always be worse, could be a Falkirk fan. Very true. And Douglas, how's it going? Doug Perry. Uh, aye, pretty good, could be worse, could be a Dumbarton fan. <laughs> that wasn't even scripted, but excellent. Yeah, it could definitely be worse. It could um, definitely be a little bit better. And um, we're here on the back of a defeat at home um, to Clyde and the playoff for the League One. Um, like I say, there were some worse scores um, round about us, but we'll come to that, I'm sure, at some point later. A very narrow defeat, Gordon. Um, certainly over the whole of things, I. I was more inclined to say that a draw would have been a fairer result. Yeah, I think a draw draw would have felt fair. Um, I think if any team was going to nick it, it probably felt a wee bit fairer that it was Clyde. Um, I've seen some Clyde fans kind of saying the opposite, that they felt their keeper made a couple of big saves and they felt a wee bit lucky. Um, but it, I think overall it was, it was close. Um, obviously disappointing to... To kind of going behind to the second leg, but you know, positives are, I suppose, are away form generally been quite good this season. And you know, weirdly, for it being a positive, I felt it was quite an off night for us. Um, you've got to give a bit of credit to that to Clyde, but I felt that quite a few players who you know have been very good over the past few months really had off nights. Um, so I'm kind of hopeful that. At least a few of them will, you know, turn up a wee bit better in the second leg. So I think we're very much still in it. Before I forget, um, and we continue with this episode, let's hear from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different, though, 
Unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to Maze Mortgages um, for your support all season and also to the East Fife Community Football Club who are out there doing some great things just now as well. Um, Maze Mortgages have um, been advertising heavily on Facebook. You've been seeing that we could share that as well. So like Michael always says, they support us. Go and support them. Doug, a packed Bayview Stadium last night. Um, probably one of the, the best attendances that we've, we've had for a long time and, and very well supported in terms of the, the Section A guys making a, a lot of racket. And do you think that there's a, a potential chance that we were a bit overawed by the occasion with, with such a young squad? Um, yeah, to be honest, I um, I mentioned that to my mate before kickoff. I said, I really hope this sort of young-ish team don't kind of semi-freeze. And I thought the first 15 minutes was definitely a case of that. Like, just didn't seem to string passes together. Like Gordon said, guys that have been flying of late just weren't quite on it for whatever reason. And yeah, I suppose it was probably just a, quite a frustrating night all in. Um, the bumper crowd actually wanted to go down with a big sign saying, remember, this is a first leg of a semi-final. It's probably going to be shit because they normally are. Because um, there was certainly a lot of faces who've, uh, well, don't go to East Fife very often. Let's put it that way. But good to see it. It was... Uh, yeah, always very good seeing a, a packed home end, especially when it's not against like a inverted commas big team. Yeah, I mean Gordon, I suppose as, as East Fife fans, we've, we've been here before going into the second leg of a, a playoff semi final, trailing to Clyde, um, so we kind of know what to what to expect and. You know, from what I've seen, I've seen a Clyde, and and I'm I'm trying to be as objective and impartial as I possibly can. They they were very route one, um, and it makes me wonder if if that's the way that they've been playing all season, and we've had them watched. Now I'm not just I'm not just calling this out because he made a mistake. You know, players make mistakes, and and that's the way of it. But I mean, they made more sense with that style of play potentially. I played Aidan Quinn if he's fit instead of Murdo, given his his aerial ability. Yeah, uh, certainly with hindsight, I think that's that's a good shout. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of Quinn. Um, you know, different players give you different things, but I think he certainly for his kind of his physicality and you know being a bit of kind of meat and potatoes defender, he gives us something that we don't necessarily have with other players. I think especially when you saw the way that Clyde were playing, it was very route one, um, and it was. You know they did it quite well. It's to you know get get balls on top of behind the defenders, get them turning, shake some mistakes out, and put some pressure. Um, and I think yeah, I don't I don't know if that's the way they've been playing all season. Um, but we definitely did struggle with it. And of course, Quinn started against Forfar. Um, potentially, the feeling is he's maybe not quite up to match sharpness, and that's maybe why. Maybe why he wasn't, um, you know, he didn't he didn't go in. Of course, the players the players that started are all, I mean, they've been playing regularly and they've kind of got us into this position. But I think certainly for the second leg, it's something I would be thinking about if I was McDonald. And just continuing the point that I started to make there, but didn't finish, Doug. I don't think that from what we've seen of Clyde, that we've really got anything to fear going into the game. Um, we know how hostile a, a Clyde 
home support can be going into the game on Friday, although can it be a home support when they didn't even have a stadium? But, you know, our both our buses that we've got are full on Saturday. I'm sure the East Five fans will turn up in their numbers to back us. Do you have any concerns going into Friday? Are you confident that we could get a result of it? Oh, I certainly had concerns when you said you had two buses going on Saturday. Oh, um, Friday, even, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, look, I, I thought, yeah, there wasn't much in the game. It wasn't a great game yesterday. I mean, you look at the stats-wise, we were, uh, you know, the better team on paper, I suppose. Um, no, no, not at all. I think I think if we turn up to, you know, if we play our best level, which we'll probably need to now to get through it, then no, I, I think I'm not going there going, oh, this is a foregone conclusion. I just, kind of with you guys, I think, you know, Murdo was struggling a wee bit. I actually thought just as much Newton really struggled and it was the ball over the top, which I've kind of been talking about in the last few weeks. He was really struggling with. Um, See, it's, it's funny you say that because I actually thought Newton played quite well yesterday and obviously football's quite objective. Gordon, obviously you're you're different to the two of us, but even the, the, the people around me were, were thinking that Newton was one of our better players yesterday. I think... And it's probably something I've thought with Newton playing at left back a lot is that he generally looks quite good, and a lot of a lot of what you're wanting a player in that position to have, it looks like he's got. And I, I think left back's potentially a good position for him, and I'd be happy to keep him playing there. But I do think, in particular, that kind of I, I have noticed that a few times that that kind of ball, high ball in behind him, on top of him, he has. He has kind of struggled with that. It's, it looks like he's not quite sort of figured out how to deal with those yet. And I thought, well, generally most areas of his game, he has been good and he was good yesterday. I think that in particular stands out a wee bit as something that he's needing to work on. Yeah. So I think that's uh, a fair um, comment. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's he, he had the complete performance yesterday, but I certainly think there were players that, that were, were worse than him. But you know, you only had to watch yesterday and, and and quite clearly have been watching us the fact that they targeted our left side dog. Yeah, I know. Look, I'm not I'm not suggesting he had a terrible game by any means. He, I think a lot lots of aspects of his game are are actually very good. And like we talked about, would you be happy with him being our left back next season? Absolutely. I just think, yeah, it's just that long ball at the top, and it's almost like he turns the wrong way. He seems to get caught out a bit between them. As I say, I don't think it helped that Murdo wasn't having his best game next to him. Um, so it just meant there was a bit, there was a couple of times just a lack of communication between the two. They're both going for the same ball, all that kind of, which is a, again, probably an occasion thing, just a bit panicky and, and whatnot. But yeah, I also thought it was frustrating that the boy Rennie for them, who we were pretty close to signing, was probably the best player in the park. I thought he was really good. I actually didn't think he was as decent as that generally when we were talking about signing him but I thought he was uh, I thought he was a proper handful I thought yeah very good Yeah Gordon I mean look we, we all know we've seen what Rene's done to us when he's played for Montrose I mean I, I, I seem to remember him scoring quite regularly against us with all different types of goals but yesterday was his, his third goal of the season um, which is obviously natural that he was going to be the one that scored when you know, it was quite well documented that we wanted to sign him. Yeah, he feels there's always a wee bit of sods law in that. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's always a player that's looked good against us. And there's always a few players that are like that. Um, but, you know, Clyde fans, I think even just in comments, I saw that they were, you know, they're not the biggest fans of him. Um, you know, every player has good games now and again. He's always a decent player. I mean, I would have I would have taken him and I still wouldn't be too upset if we signed him. But yeah, he's obviously not done too much. Yeah, but we all know the types of players that Clyde fans like to sign, but I'm going to avoid any lawsuits by saying nothing. Um, Look, Doug, I want to talk about the way that we lined up yesterday. Um, A lot of fans were were crying to see Taylor Stephen in the the starting team um, after his performance at Forfar. I I know that you weren't there, I I can testify. It was was probably his best game for us. He was outstanding. Um, But equally, I'm probably inclined to agree with the Certainly with the the lineup, but what was your thoughts on the the formation yesterday? Um, yeah, I I, um, I didn't hugely get the Taylor Steen thing. I know he obviously played very well at Forfar, but in a dead rubber, you know, when when these kids get an opportunity off the bench, albeit if it's ten minutes worth, they've got to really show something, and he hasn't overly for a while. So I thought that was a strange shout to put him straight in the starting eleven for this. No, look, I think on paper the team is good. I, I find the formation a bit odd. Just the fact that our player of the year by a mile, Ferguson, was not played in position. I found that very strange. Even after 10, 15 minutes, you can see he just wasn't right. Like his touch wasn't great and out wide. And he almost, it was weird because before he came off, substitute, he got put back in the centre for probably only five minutes, maybe, tops before he came off. And instantly in that five minutes, he started to make things happen. And I just, I found it odd, very bizarre. He's not, I, I don't remember him playing right midfield much this season at all. A couple of games, but yeah, Gordon, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree with Doug. You know, we've, we've seen how good and how effective Ferguson was, but it almost felt like we tried to shoehorn quite a lot of the similar type players into the, the one team. But from, from memory, the second half of the Albion Rovers game, which we saw the real change, was it not Brogan Walls who went out on the right? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen a bit of effect. And, and and on Brogan Walls, he was fantastic last night. I mean, we've played the same kind of midfield five together before, but Walls was out on the right and Ferguson was in the middle. And I appreciate that maybe in the middle is where... You know, maybe that's Walls' best position, that's where he'd play, but I think Walls outright, Ferguson in the middle works better than Ferguson outright, Walls in the middle. I think um you lose I think you lose too much from Ferguson by putting him wide right. And Walls is maybe you know well centre's maybe his best. I don't think you lose that much with him. I think he can play out wide right. So yeah, I think I, that seemed a bit strange to me, and I would have definitely gone. I would definitely switch that around. Um, appreciate wide right as a, you know, we've now not necessarily got a player who's, that's a natural position. You know, we've tried Shivoni, we've tried Walls, we've tried Ferguson. For me, Walls is probably the choice out of the three. Um, so I'd definitely like to see that kind of switch back around for Friday. I, I kind of wondered, Lee, whether part of it was that there was no, it was one of those nights, there was no point really going down the wings and crossing the ball in because their two centre-halves were absolutely gigantic. 
Um, so maybe it was a case of, you know, a more compact four as opposed to wingers, because Healy was cutting in quite a lot as well, um, as he likes to do. But just even in the second half, when we started running ideas, it tended to be that sort of semi longer cross in the defence. They were mopping up without any issues whatsoever. Yeah. So I wonder if it was partly down to not having a winger type because we didn't really want to get down the line and cross balls. Yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously the only people that will answer the, the, the reasoning for that would, would be the management team. But I did want to touch on, on Brogan Walls yesterday, who, you know, we, we've seen throughout the season as a, as a top, top player, Gordon. What was your assessment on, on Brogan yesterday? Yeah, I, thought, I totally agree. I thought um, he had a good game. Um, you know, like everyone else, not necessarily his best. Um, but I'm a big fan of his. Um, you know, he's obviously missed. He's missed a good part of this season through injury. Um, so he's not. You know, you tend. It's easy to forget how little actual first team experience he still has compared to most players. But he just looks. You know, he just looks like a good footballer. You can see it with his touch, his vision, his passing. Um, for someone, you know, who's who's still young and doesn't have much experience. He just, he just looks quality. Um, and even the start of the season, I think the first proper game I saw him in would have been one of the friendlies. I don't know if it was like Cowdenbeath or something like that. Um, but even then you could see it. Um, and I think, I think potentially out of all the young players we've got, he's the one I might bet on to go furthest in the game. Yeah, I don't think it's difficult to disagree with that, Doug. I mean, I think obviously Jack Keeley will get you the goals. Um, we know that Sam Denham's a, a top player. Steely's still young. Liam Newton's obviously getting settled into a, a new position. I, th- I mean, Ferguson, I think we know that has got the ability, but he's not really ours. So I think certainly out of coming out of our under-20s, by far looks like the, the complete player. Yeah, he's impressive. He just... Quite similar to Ferguson, obviously we've mentioned that they're both very sort of similar. Just no fear, quick feet, very confident in his own ability. Um, yeah, I thought he was really good yesterday. I thought Denham was very good centre half yesterday, putting a lot of good challenges and was kind of generally won most of what he needed to win. Um, yeah, no, again, as I say, we've got a decent crop of kids. If we can kind of keep them on some form of contract so we can at least make some money um, off them, then fair play. But like we always say, if these guys are playing to their best ability, they won't be here for long. <laughs> no. I mean, I think we do still have Brogan and Jack till next year. But what worried me was um, there was quite a lot of Scottish football's esteemed watching the game yesterday. I don't know if you've seen some of the people there that, that I did, but the the Dick Campbell was the Gary Naismith's... Um, Plus, I'm sure many others that did manage to evade my prior eyes over the course of it. But you're bound to think that maybe some of our, our out, uh, um, contract talent like Steele and, and Denham, will, you'll probably see them away at the end of the season. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about probably seeing them away. Um, it's, it's one of these things where, you know, have... Uh, of these players, has, has, has anyone done enough for me where, you know, a full-time club's going to be coming in or, you know, a, or somebody's going to be coming in and offering them either full-time football or a, a big wage hike? I'm not sure. 
Um, I think a lot of them are maybe in that same position where you sort of say, you know, good, good season. You can see the potential in them. But has, has anybody sort of wowed enough that I think a full-time club's coming in for them? You know, this the way that, say, that last season Fash was here, you're like, he's gone. You know, full-time clubs will be fighting over him. And that was just in his last season. He obviously built up to that. I'm not saying these all these players can't do the same thing, but I'd, I'm not quite sure that any of them have had that kind of season where, you know, a, a full-time club will definitely be coming in. And I'm sure, I'm sure a few part-time clubs, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Sterish Muir would love to take a couple of them. But, you know, are, are the clubs who might be interested going to be the clubs who are definitely going to be able to take them away from us? I'm not sure. Um, I'd love, I'd love all the all the guys you mentioned to be here next season. Um, I think clubs will be interested in them, but I'm, I'm not giving up hope that we can keep all of them. And I think part of that is because I'm, I'm not sure. Enough of them have just passed that, passed that point where you're like, oh yeah, you know, someday we're coming in in the summer. Um, not sure yet. Yeah, I think I, certainly I, there's a few of them that could do about another season, Doug. I, um, I I'm very much regarding there. I'd be, I wouldn't be amazed, but I'd be really surprised if, if any of them left. I mean, it's how you sell it, I suppose, for Greg. I mean. You know, as you're looking at, obviously we don't know who's signed on. We won't know until we're done with the playoffs. But it's um, or who's getting new deals, etc. It's how, if Greg can sell this as like, look, guys, we're looking to bring in X, Y, and Z, and we're aiming to have a go at trying to win the league next year. You know, which isn't beyond the realms when you finish fourth. It's maybe not a bad place for people to stay. You know, when you see. Managers giving young kids a game regularly, it's going to help you commit you to stay. You know, you could someone like Healy, for example, could make a move to I don't know, let, let's say Wraith, you know. <laughs> um, but is that going to be starting very often? Probably not. You know, it might be the sort of impact sub, and they're still young. It's not like they're 23, 24, and it's like now's the time when you're 19, 20. I, I I would be a yeah keep them here for next year hopefully and I, I think they'll all benefit from that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Healy's probably a prime example of that. We're probably starting as the season's ending to see a bit more from him in terms of him like putting the balls into the box. Um, you know, we're starting to see him adding more goals to his game. We still need to see a little bit more assists, but we're starting to see you know I'm, I'm making a decision to cut inside or to make the decision to go down the line that a little bit more. I still think we need to see a little bit more of it, but there's there's certainly a case to be made um, to, to keep these players. But, you know, every single one of these players now have agents, and I'm sure that their agents um, don't want them staying at East Fife. They want them moving on because, let's be honest, that's that's where they get their cash. But, I mean, look, there's, there's going to be a lot of players out of contracts, um, and I'm sure that we'll find that out in the in the coming weeks. But I, th- I suppose, Gordon, the next point that we, we really need to talk about, and it's it's probably been the, the story of our season, but just that lack of a cutting edge up front is, is probably what cost us yesterday. And, you know, if we think about Scott Shepard's chance in particular, but he does absolutely everything right bar the finish, kind of sums up us, you know, just in that final third. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think it was a, uh, you know, I think Shepard's 
one of the guys I would say probably had quite a good game. Um, a tough one for him because, like we said, we weren't, you know, from the midfield, we weren't necessarily creating a lot. Um, you know, obviously balls balls into the the Clyde defence were a bit of a no-go. Um, and I thought he kind of, you know, he was going to a tough shift and he worked pretty hard. Um, it, was, it was a reasonable chance that we, that we didn't take. Um yeah, there's there's a bit of that. I think you you know you could always use a bit more, um, a bit more of that cutting edge. Um, you know, it's not like it's not like we were. I don't think yesterday that we were overly wasteful. You know, I don't know if you look at teams all up and down the leagues. How many decent chances do you need to create to get a goal? I don't think we were over the top. I think it was more the lack of chances created. Um, I don't think I don't think we had like too many really good chances and then didn't take them. Um, but you know we've seen it we've seen it before. We're a wee bit inconsistent this year. Um, we we have games like that. Um, but equally, you know, games like the Stranard game where everything just seems to go in. Um, but I think I think what I'd want to see on Friday is creating more chances, even just kind of half chances. Um, I think that that's probably where we were missing the most compared to recent weeks. I just thought, I think it was a momentum thing for me. I, I mean, I harp on about this all the time, but we, we just didn't set the tone those first five, ten minutes for the game. I, like, I think, I do think we'll have learned more about Clyde and how they play in that game than they, maybe they do with us coming into Friday. But I just... It was that sort of game. If we could have clicked early and had a real go at them, I'm not saying we could have blown them away, but I would have certainly fancied us to win. And I think that's what gives us a lot of hope for Friday. Um, it, as we were saying earlier, it just didn't really happen. It, you know, the good guys weren't great, basically, at the uh, at the start of the game. And it just, we just struggled to get... Because you look at, I think the stats were like 14 shots, and I was like racking my brains... And apart from Shepard's one, which, as you say, he did very well after a little mistake for the defender. And then I suppose his weaker foot, which which doesn't help. But, you know, the other ones in these games, you've got to take, really. And obviously we did. And then, you know, a few sort of speculative free kicks from a long way out and a few shots from way too far out. We just got a bit desperate towards the end. It just, it just never really clicked yesterday. I mean, yeah, you, you hit the hit nail on the head. Now, these um, stats are coming from Google. I don't know how accurate they are because they say that, that Clyde only had one shot on target, but I kind of feel like Flem made a really good save with his legs twice um, now that I come to think of it. Um, so I don't think we could rely on these stats too much, but Gordon, I suppose it's probably time to talk about what I've been wanting to avoid talking about, and and that's the, the goal, um, which... Let's be honest, Rennie took very, very well. Started from a slack pass from Troughton, who's been fantastic for two or three months now. Then Murdo has two or three chances to get rid of it. Sort of dangles on it too long. Robbed the possession because, I mean, we know Rennie's big, he's physical and brushes uh, Murdo aside like he's not even there and, you know, sucker punches really. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad goal to lose. I think you're looking at it. Um, you know, it's been a good player for us, but uh, you've got you've got to point the finger at Murdoch there. It was poor defending. Um, I think it just what was kind of disappointing is you know the way you've summed it up there. 
the sort of mistakes we were making and how we were getting caught was how we were getting caught the whole game. I thought there was so many more slack passes in midfield than usual. So many times we actually gave up possession in a you know, relatively dangerous area. And we're usually so good at that. Um, we were quite bad at it yesterday. And like I said before, part of it, you know, you've got to give Clyde a bit of credit. I think it felt to me like they'd done their homework on us pretty well. Um, you know, the ball over the top was causing us problems constantly. Um, so, you know, you could almost see the goal coming a wee bit because it was how they were getting at us the whole game. Um, but I think definitely, you know, what Doug just said, that we might have learned more about them than they did about us. Probably agree with that. I think, you know, to me, it looked like they got it. They got it right against us better on Friday. And even, you know, if you look at the way that they were, um, you know, doubling up on Healy. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's something, I mean, even in the, I think it was even in the first half. And, and I was saying to my dad, I was getting frustrated because they're obviously doing that. So, you know, we, we're looking ball out left quite a lot. And then they're just overloading and Healy's kind of, he's got nowhere to go. So it's like, what you want us to do is switch really quickly. Like, anticipate that. Okay, we're going to go out left. All these boys are going to get dragged out. Can we switch it really, really quickly? And I don't even think we ever looked to do it. You know, it was all just, you know, Jack gets the ball. He kind of looks up. He sees the three players around him. He'll kind of try and do something. Won't be able to do it. Passes back. And that just gives them, the, you know, they've, they've blocked out Healy doing anything. And then by the time we've kind of decided to do something else, they're back in position. And you feel like, you know, when you look back over the game, you're like, if they try and do that again on, on Friday, we've got to have an answer for it. Yeah. God, and Doug, even the, the Healy part was the next part of my, my notes, is that, that, you know, he was he was man-marked, essentially, um, for, for large parts of the game. But it, it, it begged the question to me a little bit, was we were a bit one-dimensional, and I've, I've said this throughout the season. Why not switch the wingers and just right? Okay, he's on the he's on the um, the left wing because he likes to cut in on his right. Okay, that's fine. That's the way that we've set up to defend against them. Switch it and give him the other defender something to think about, and keep switching them because that way the, you're you're not resting on your laurels and the defenders don't know what's coming. Oh, is it this guy that likes to cut in, or is it the other guy that likes to cut in? Is he going to show me down the left? Is he going to try and go in and cut in? And we never seem to do that. And it's quite frustrating, Doug. Yeah, but like I've said at the start, I just wasn't a game across balls in the box. I think that was my only issue because when he brought Taylor Stephen on, was the sole intention for him to cut in, be able to have a shot. I suppose by that time, we'd maybe run out of ideas a little bit. So you're maybe looking for a bit of a, a wonder strike. No, I, I totally agree. I think against a lot of teams, absolutely. I just didn't feel that game really suited crossing the ball. It was the same when we hit a few long. You're like, these guys are... Fleming's kicking wasn't brilliant. It was just straight down the gut of these massive defenders. And they just sort of mopped up very easily. Um, just very briefly back to the goal, just kick it out for a throw-in. I think, I think the first half, Denham and Steele had a couple of times shielded out really well. And I get what we're just trying to do, but... You've got to be a lot stronger if you're going to do that or just, just put it out for a throw. It's a very frustrating goal to lose. But no, look, I thought Healy, it, I think it, for me, it was one of those games where we 
he maybe just tried a bit too hard and he, he was getting really frustrated at silly things at the ref who I actually thought was very good. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, yeah, right. It was a bit like there was one time we had a free kick. Maybe it was one Healy hit actually it went over the bar. And like they, they'd put their two big centre halves in the wall and you had steel and, if, you know, the centre halves lined up and you're like, just clip it in the back post because Steele was winning everything when he was up against anyone else that wasn't a giant. You know, just that variation of we just didn't seem to do and it was a bit, it just got pretty desperate for me. But no, look, I think Jack's, it was one of those nights a little bit. He was still, he still did very well to be fair. But yeah, like you were saying before, I th- I sometimes I think it's like um, Steele to Denham, Denham to... Uh, Murdo, Murdo to Newton, Newton to Healy. It's always that way. It's like a five pass thing. It's, every time Newton was getting the pass to Healy, Newton had about one second to do it because a guy's on him because it's so obvious. Yeah. So it's whether I don't know whether you need McManus to drop in, take off a center half, and ping one over him, like Gordon's saying, or just start using the right side a bit more. It just got a bit too like we're going to pass to Jack Healy. It reminded me of the Tam McManus days. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have ever seen um, there's a, f- a film called There's Only One Jimmy Grimble um, and Jimmy Grimble um, is playing the school's football team the, the dad of the rival like his rival in the team takes over it and his whole thing was give it to Bloody Gordon um, and that that's kind of what it feels like with Healy sometimes right? okay, we're devout, the boy died years here let's give it to Jack and see if he can ping it in for 25 yards um, but again, that's if, if we are being sussed out on that switch the wingers like you know just try and do something a little bit different but Gordon I'm, I'm going to put this on you and I'm going to give you a new job so you're okay. no longer data geek at wherever it is that you work now your job is manager of East Fife FC Gordon oh, congratulations Gordon yeah. congratulations thanks thanks yeah so I wanted to give you this opportunity you're going in on Friday What's your team and what's your formation? So, if they, take the team that we that we put out yesterday. Um, if Quinn's fit, I'm putting him in for Murdoch. Um, I'm moving Ferguson into the middle, taking Walls out of that position. Um, you, know, you could go Walls out right. I would, I would, I would think about that wide right. You've obviously got a few options. You've got Walls. You've got Taylor, Stephen. I put, I put Walls out there. I wouldn't make many changes. Just, I bring Quinn in to try and sort of deal with the long ball that they look to play. Ferguson back into his best position. Move Walls out right. I'm probably going with that starting eleven. Um, but I think you know I'd be looking. You know, is Walls out wide right? Is he getting much joy? If not, change it. Um, and, you know, like, like Doug was saying, not, be, not being overly impressed with Taylor Stephen, but it's a bit of roll of the dice and I'd have that that change in the in the back pocket. Um, so not too many changes, just a couple. Um, and just kind of just kind of hoping that the, the individual performances come up to where they've been. And hope that that's kind of enough. Um, really, that's what I'll be doing in terms of starting eleven. 
Gordon, I've got bad news for you. I've just received a text from Jim Stevenson. You've been sacked and they've given the oh, job for to sake. I know, mate, you fucked it. Um, but they've given the job to you, Doug. Congratulations on getting the job, Doug. Um, I know it's been one that you've been covering for about five minutes since I offered it to Gordon. Um, I'd like to propose to you the same question. Uh, firstly, I'd just like to thank my agent for getting this deal done. It's obviously a proud moment for me. Um, You're uh, welcome, mate, and I'll take a check. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, no, I. it's very difficult. I, I don't think we can make massive changes. Off the top of my head, I wonder if we're semi-shoehorning in the four midfield to all play because they're all good. And I wonder whether we that needs to be done. I mean, I'd be maybe tempted to have the same lineup and maybe take Trouton out and put Walls, Ferguson and McManus in the middle and maybe someone like Taylor Stephen if we're going to have a proper go on the right. Um, I think it's very difficult because the only thing I think with that formation is do the four of them play well together? All four of them. Like it's almost, they're all, they're all really central midfielders, very central midfielders. So to try and get four of them in is quite difficult, I would say. So I'm going to be brave and I'm going to let Sir Alan sit and wait and he'll come on the second half just in case we've got penalties for a start and for his experience. And I would start Gillis up front just for a laugh. <laughs> well, you've, there's two things that you're guaranteed there and that's pace and goals. So <laughs> you know, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct, mate. Um, I've got a wonder left foot. You've witnessed it in the past. It's beautiful. Um but I've got bad news for you, mate. You're sacked and they've given the job to me. And I'd like to thank you for your, your time and effort um, in the last five minutes. It's been greatly appreciated by all connected to East Fife. So I'm going to... I took the club as far as I could. I know. And you did a good job, mate. You know, you thank did you. the best of your abilities and, and nobody could, can take that away from you. Um, I appreciate that. You've done your family proud. And I'm thank proud you. of you. But I'm glad thank to you. take the job for you. I'm jumping straight in your grave. So... I would change it up a bit and I would go... I, I actually want to see us change the way that we go forward and I want to see us play two up front, which is something that I don't think I've seen us do enough this season because I looked at Shepard a lot this year and he's been definitely isolated. He's been totally isolated. Like the, the amount of times that we kick the ball up to him, he's got two centre-halves on him, he's been ragdolled about like Eddie Guerrero and thrown about from pillar to post, WWE style, and he's, when he's got nobody to play off, he's, he's not having any luck. So I want to see us play a sort of 4-4-2 almost, which I know is very Mike Bassett off me, um, but I kind of feel like that's the, the best way to, to go around it. So um, similar to the same goalkeeper, of course, I'm not going to take Flem out. Same back four as you, Gordon, with uh, Quinn coming in from Murdo to deal with the the Route 1 style football. I want to see Healy on the left of the midfield. I would quite like to see one of two players um, on the right. So whether that be Aidan Denham, we know that he's a natural winger, he's, he's quick and he can beat a player, or Taylor Stephen, you know, who likes to cut in off the right-hand side. I think either of those players can come in for me. The middle of the park is, is where it's difficult because if I'm t- playing two, there's going to be two really unhappy players but I'm going to go for Conor McManus, um, who's going to sit just in front of the back four and collect it from them a la Doug Perry style football. 
Um, and then I'm going to have um, Fergie in there to, to try and be a creative spark. And up front, I'm, I'm going to go for Shivan Shepard. Um, uh, now, I, I could easily take in Shiver and put Connor Young up, but I, I think that Shiv and Shepard are, are two most experienced forwards that we've got at the club just now. Um, you you want us to go with a reserve team for the playoff <laughs> semi-final second leg? Yeah, mate, just rest them for, um, the, I don't know, for playing a game against the fans at the end of the year or whatever. But okay. I think if, if we're going to go for two up front, we're, we're as well as playing with those two. Although I was very tempted to put Connor Young in um, and, and see what he's about. But let's be honest, this is this is football manager fantasy stuff because neither of the three of us would get a job. Um, but I just... Well, you, you fucking wouldn't after that, don't you? <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> Football's all about opinions. Lee, hold on, Lee, hold on. I've just... I'm getting some in the air. Yeah, you've been fired. It's, uh, <laughs> you've been fired in what's now officially, even after us two, the shortest appointment in <laughs> history. What a shame. Mortified. A, Mortified. Yeah, story of my life, mate. Um, story of my <laughs> life. But yeah, yeah, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank the fan um, because there was only one of them that backed me, let's be honest. And that was me as well. That was I mean, our, our tenures combined were even less than Will Aitchison. So it's <laughs> damning. Well, <laughs> even less than the, the the Spurs interim manager that got binned, the only interim manager in history to get sacked. But look, you know, as much as I'm saying my lineup, you know, is is very interchangeable. I just like to see us go more importantly with an attacking formation and not leave Shepard yeah. up front in the zone. I think Shivoni up front, going to up front. Um, so say Shiv's mostly recently been playing out wide right and. Yeah. Again, I think it's it's not his position. He's a centre forward, or you know, sort of. Even, I guess he could play sort of maybe just off a centre forward, and I really wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, whether it's it feels quite a bold step to go like that for the start of the game, but you know, if we're still trailing at half time, yeah, really wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Because I think, like you're saying, Shepherd Shepherd is really isolated. That those back to the win headers all day long. But I think you can shake a couple of mistakes out of them. I think if you've got two players up there, your chances of doing that are going to increase a lot. Um, so I wouldn't mind that. I think I think whatever we do, I mean, literally, for me, we now need... We basically now need three pretty close to Stranraer performances in a row to have a chance of going up, basically. I don't... I mean, I'm... <sighs> I'd be amazed, genuinely, and I know this sounds very doom and gloom, I'd be amazed if either us or Clyde beat Anne in the form they're in. Won't happen. I'd be amazed. Um, but it'd be nice... It, it'd be it's nice only half-time, Dumbarton could come. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be certainly nice to find out, obviously, if you know yeah. if that's the case. But I just... Yeah, I think we're... I like the 4 4 in a lot of ways because I think you can occupy their centre-halves a bit. I think the main reason we're not playing that is because our midfields generally are comfortably our strongest position. So we just, if you do that formation that we play normally, you've got to dictate the game and we didn't really. And that's yeah. the problem. As I say, I think if we can first, I'm not saying get a goal in the first time it's at all. If we can just set the tone and, and be the aggressive side and the positive side early, then I generally do fancy us to turn this over on Friday night. I think yeah. I mean, we've got as as I've said already. It's only half time. It's only half time. So there's definitely scope for us to 
to go and shake things up on Friday. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't feel massively confident going into Friday. Um, I don't know if that's me protecting my feelings with, with disappointment, but you know, to, to get where we are, given where we were in January, I, I, I don't want to lose sight of that. I think a lot of fans thought we were going to be in a different set of playoffs. Um, and it just shows that the turnaround and form that, that we've achieved. But, you know, it may actually be easier bowing out at this stage before we get absolutely mauled by Annan over two legs. I think, like, for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, wasn't going into the playoffs with massive expectation. And, you know, if we, if we get beat by Clyde or if we, if we beat Clyde and then get beat by Annan, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be sort of massively disappointed because I think fourth was quite a good uh, finish to this season. So, I think it's something we can build on next season. Um, playoffs, whatever happens in there, nice, but it's not, you know, I'm not going to be raging about it. Um, I think, you know, if you look at the season overall, we lost as many games as we won. You know, and it, that doesn't feel like a season where you expect promotion at the end of it. So that's a bit of that. But second half of the season, I think somebody posted, I think a Dumbarton fan posted it up online. We were second behind Sterling second half of the season so you know there's still a reason to be confident yeah Annan got that big win but you know that's a freak result the same way as Elstron R1 was who, who else pumped Dumbarton something rotten this year was it Sterling? Albion Rovers Albion Rovers yeah 5-1 yeah. or something like that but did, yeah. did I want to see Sterling Albion battered them uh, as well Sterling beat them 6-0 as well yeah aye so that's right yeah yeah, yeah so the they're used to getting a, a good old pump in. And from what I read online, Brett Long was the only player to keep it under 10. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, Doug, whoever plays Annan are, are going to lose. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go that far. It's, uh, I think they would be very strong favourites. Um, but it'd be nice to find out. I, I mean, I'd, we've just, every time I've seen Annan, they've just looked a bit better than us. But, you never know how teams deal with finals and whatnot. As I say, I would it'd be a nice problem to have, but I've got no expectation. Never had any. I, I didn't feel that nervous at yesterday's game, to be honest. I was just quite enjoying the fact it was a, a big crowd and a big game. It's it's yeah, it's good. But yeah, no expectations. I think we can just roll the dice and give it a go on Friday and then yeah, and then see what happens, really. Yeah, like I said, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, whether we get promoted or not, um, to me, this season's kind of been a success because I think, in my eyes, I had a sixth. And if you look at the scrutiny that this squad got when we put it together, fans were up in arms about it. You know, you've got to take your hat off to the coaching team to to how we've ended. You know, nobody, nobody had us in the top four this year. Nobody. Um, so we've certainly surpassed the expectations. And look, if if we go into the game on Friday, it's not a positive result. You know, it's, it's right to probably feel disappointed, um, but don't lose sight of, of where we were even four or five months ago where we were looking relegation in the face at points. And look, if we could keep the nucleus of this team, then there's there's no chance, there's there's no fear for us. You know, there's every chance that we might even go in and challenge for the league next year, um, which, you know, how great would that be? So don't be too doom and gloom, five fans. Um, but we'll, we'll move on because... There's a bit of breaking news today, um, and I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Aidan Denham, um, who was released by Hearts in January, 
signed a new contract with Hearts today, um, where you know we were speaking to the the coaching team at the Player of the Year, Doug, and we were quite confident that he could have been an East Fife player next year at some point. Yeah, and uh, Naismith's obviously gone in, and and you know he'll he'll see he'll see in training every day, apart from the two nights he's with us, and yeah, he's obviously thought well. You know, I think there was there was a three of them re-signed that were meant to be released. So yeah. yeah, good good on them. Fair play. I mean, that the one thing it tells you is attitude must be fantastic because he's yeah. basically been going into heart training released, knowing he's not getting a new contract and has worked hard enough to actually get one. So yeah. you don't hear that you don't hear that very often in football. So absolutely fair play him. I mean, I suppose you would look at it and say that a loan option next next year might be very much on the cards, but it's uh, no brilliant for him, superb. Gordon, anything to add to that? No, I think, um, like Doug just said there, um, I'd imagine that the option for him to come back on loan next season would be there. Um, obviously, Naismith, yeah, he's 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 moved up from the under twenties coach or whatever, so I guess he knows he knows Denham and he'll have. I guess he'll have his own opinions um, and it looks like this is just a bit different from Robbie Nielsen, I suppose. But um, I mean, I don't imagine he'll be he'll be kind of going into Hart's first team squad. So Did Nathan, uh, Nathan, did Naismith get the job permanently? I don't think so. Because I think they were, were they not hoping to get Chris Wilder in the summer? I'd heard, apparently, but... I, I can only assume Naismith will have just gone to the board and said, look, it's not going to cost us much to keep them. Uh, I think it would be silly to let them go. Let's just give them a new deal and that'll be that. No, I don't think he's got it permanently, no. I imagine he's, he's well, he's made the decision or can at least heavily influence it. Well, I suppose um, if he's the under-20s manager, he's maybe said, I'll take him and play him um, in the under-20s next season because I still think he's a, he's a young lad anyway. Um, and if Hearts are going to keep their B team, then you know what's it really going to cost to, to keep them in, potentially put them in there. Um, just before we wrap up the the, the show, but we're going to try and keep it to an hour because we're going to have another podcast, probably a longer one to do at the weekend once we know where we're going to be. But I was going to give you an opportunity to do a let's all laugh at. Now, there's a few things that we could laugh at, um, some of which have been mentioned already, but Gordon, I'm going to come to you first and let you choose. Well, I made fun of Falkirk right at the start, so I suppose I'll I'll take Falkirk. Um, you know, you're looking, you know, Friday night, great to see the big crowd, good to have a playoff game. Not the most entertaining game to watch, but what was entertaining was seeing the scores come through uh, and hearing all around you people updating the scores of various games. Uh, so what was it? Airdrie were 5-0. No, sorry. Aye, 5-0 up at halftime. Yeah. Um, and you're like, that's it done. That is that is hilarious. That is, that's that tie over. And then you start, oh, start the second half. Airdrie got the goalkeeper sent off. Okay, interesting. Falkirk got a goal back, 5-1. They're like, oh, it's 5-2 now. You've still got about half an hour, 35 minutes. If Falkirk can get another goal or two, you're like, they could seriously turn around a five-goal deficit. But what do they do? They score fuck all goals and then concede a penalty in injury time. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it was like, 
they were done with that wee ray of light and it no yeah. Um, and so it's another season of League One football for Falkirk. And so pleasing because they're just a the fan base there are hilarious. Oh, we're a Premier League team, but are you <sighs> But are you really? Because how many years has that been in the League, League One now? Four years? Must, uh, yeah, must, be, must yeah. be four years. Nah, mate, he's in League One and just suck it up and deal with it and ultimately get it right fucking up, yeah. Doug. Yeah, I find it hard. I mean, Dumbarton's funny, but Falkirk's funnier. Um, I think it was the fact that we kicked off at 8 o'clock and they were 7.45. So it felt like our game had been going about two minutes and someone was like, uh, 3 nil to Airdrie. I'm like, what? <laughs> 3-0 to Airdrie? It's like two minutes gone. Ah, oh, of course, they're quarter two. I, I, I just, I hate John McGlynn. Mm. I mean, no other reason than he's a rover. Andy Cap. Yeah, I just don't, there's something... I was going to say something really controversial, which I won't. Um, he, the, someone had put a tweet up that they'd, I think it was a Dumb Fairman fan, had saved a Falkirk's fan's tweet. And it must have been, remember they played Dumb Fairman at East End and it was like a Friday night game and they'd sold like 10,000 tickets yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And the, the post was something like uh, second in the league, uh, winner game in hand and beat Dumb Fairman will be top semi-finals of the Scottish Cup, blah, 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 all this list. And just now you're like, yeah, you got pumped in the semi-final of the Cup. You get, you've got absolutely pumped in the playoffs and you'll be in the old seaside league for another season, you entitled bastards. So it was great. I loved that. Um, also, a quick let's all laugh at Dundee. Yeah. How, how bizarre is that? Now, getting, I, getting I tried to read it a few times, but did they sack him? I don't think so. He's what I read is that he his family's based down there, so I think he's been living up there. And I think I saw a few fans saying that Blackpool were sniffing around, and for him, going back down is you know, a bit of well, a no-brainer. What I thought was quite funny is that apparently they've only got three players signed up for next season, and now no manager, having just got promoted. I also noticed, uh, and this will be my last thing, Greg McDonald is now the 24th longest serving manager in Scottish football out of 42. Yeah. He's almost in the top top half. Yeah, exactly. He's been there for a little over half a season. Yeah. Unbelievable. Five and a half months. I've seen that on the Pie and Bovril chat. God bless Pie and Bovril for feeding us so much information for this show. Um, But yeah, um, couldn't couldn't agree more. I'm going to go with Dumbarton getting pumped. Purely. Purely for the get it up you to Messrs Ryan and Wallace and Blair. One of the 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 funny things that I read on Pie and Bovril, funny enough, was somebody saying didn't even realise Ryan Blair was playing till he was subbed off, which was the story of his time at his fight. So get it right up him. Um, honestly, get it right up him. Um, so, but the only bad thing about that is it means that potentially we're looking at playing them four times again next season, which does make me want to die a little bit inside. To be honest, I, I could also imagine Dumbarton will have a bit of a cull of that squad because I think I reckon they've had a wee go at it financially. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying these guys will be on way more than others, but I think as a collective squad, that was we feared them at the start because it was so experienced and. You know, a lot of the polar opposite of what we've done. So, wouldn't be surprising if they'd spent a wee bit of money trying to go straight back up. So, we'll see what happens. 
but yeah, um, more than anything, get it, get it right up them. Um, that's all from this week's episode of Glory Days of Goals. Thanks as always to Gordon and Doug for joining me. Thanks to our sponsors, Maze Mortgages and East Fife Community Football Club. We'll be back. We'll be doing two shows this week, which seems very, very insane, but probably right for this time of season. Hopefully, well, hopefully we're talking about us turning it around and we're on our way to a playoff final. But if not, hopefully we'll have an understanding of who is staying and who's going in our squad. Um, so we could discuss about how things shape up for next season. Either way, we'll speak to you at the end of the week. Thanks for listening. Take care. And more importantly, one to five. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more